want a lot of Christmas. There is just one thing that I need. I don't care about the presents. Underneath the Christmas tree, I just want to boldly go. More than you could ever know. Make my wish come true. want for Christmas is Captain Log it's almost Christmas and there is just one thing I need I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree the amount of work that has gone into that. I saw that for the first time yesterday. I thought it was hilarious. And uh, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Lots going on as usual. Today is December 25th. And I, I don't know how I'm wrapping up Mariah Carey Christmas and Star Trek all in one, but here it is. It's actually, the Mariah Carey song is really one of my least favorite Christmas songs this year. When I first heard it and like, you know, it was great. Now it's just too much. It's a little too much. But this, the amount of work that went into putting these clips together and getting, it's amazing. And the link is in the description if you want to watch the whole thing. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. There's so much going on. There's a whole bunch happening. Frank Underwood Christmas message with Tucker Carlson. We're going to examine that because what the heck is happening there? And if you don't know what's going on, the history of that has, there's history and I'll show that to you as well. Trudeau confirms that we're increasing invasion numbers. I mean, immigration numbers um, and lowering International student numbers, not great. Vivek Ramaswamy takes down Trudeau and the deep state in about one minute and 30 seconds. Um, Trudeau is a joke and a puppet, basically. He says, EVs aren't going to happen. Not a chance. Zero zilch. It's not going to happen. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Um, that's basically what's going to happen with EVs. Today's Christmas. This is the Christmas show. So there's lots to get to. Let's get started first. Um, we're, we've got a whole Christmas series of tabs. And Bob Moran, who's a, a very funny um, comic and he, he does comics, but he also does in-person things where he talks about the comics. And I think that's very interesting. And this is a three wise men comic, right? And he says, the first one brings gold. The second one brings common sense. And the third one is bringing unvaccinated sperm. And uh, the first one bringing the gold says there was no pandemic. The second one bringing the common sense says climate change is a hoax. And the unvaccinated sperm says men can't get pregnant. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Some common sense. Oh, goodness me. Now, here is before Justin Trudeau, everybody on the right yesterday, absolutely everybody and his dog on the right were sharing pictures from the live stream of Parliament Hill to illustrate just how little Justin Trudeau cares about Canada and how much he really kind of dislikes the country that he's tasked with running, right? And before Justin Trudeau, well, he, he hates the culture of the country that he's tasked with running. So before Justin Trudeau, Parliament Hill was lit up red and green with snowflakes all over it and people were celebrating Christmas on December 24th. After Justin Trudeau, it's just cranes and whatnot. And I thought to myself, self, is this the right losing their mind because, you know, Parliament Hill has been under construction and that's the reason they're not lighting it up. Maybe, maybe that's what's going on. And no, I don't think that that's go that that's actually the case. Because if you look, here's pride, and you you can see the cranes, the lighting up the government buildings is not beyond their ability because 
it's under construction. This is illustrated by gay pride being lit up on Parliament Hill. That's more important. The new religion is more important than the old religion. The old religion's yucky. Ah, ooh, we can't do we can't do anything as a state religion with that one. So we're going to move on to this new religion of rainbows and nonsense. So it's illustrated here, and Lady Brit Canuck says, Justin Trudeau went all out for pride, but couldn't be bothered for Christmas. What will it take for people to wake up and realize that he hates this country and what we hold dear? So that's this is the live stream um, image, and people were just taking screenshots of the cam, like the live stream cam, and then comparing it to historical images. And I thought, man, that's it is quite interesting. Why does Trudeau hate the culture of the country governs. It's it's really something else, um, especially to be a proud member of that country and, and to grow up in that country and, and to, you know, be somebody who's well-established and, and wanting my kids to grow up in the same country I grew up in. Watching this is, I mean, sad on a lot of different levels, right? It's pretty wild. Liberal Party says, we have a lot more real progress to look forward to in 2024. They're delusional, these guys. But first, we'd like to spread some holiday cheer, sign the card to wish the Trudeaus happy holidays. Not Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And the Trudeaus, I thought it was just Justin. I thought like he divorced his wife, she's married a doctor, and they're living at Harrington Lake on our dime. I thought that's <laughs> Canada's cucked by Justin Trudeau. Ugh. Oh, wish the Trudeaus happy holidays. No, thanks. No, thanks. Whatever. And there's a lot of people who are like all of the liberal government tweets are ratioed um, to a to a degree that is notable, right? It's wild. So Merry Christmas. Here is Mark Miller. Mark Miller was putting out these ridiculous things. I tried to ignore it because it's it was dumb. And he, so he's the um, He's the Minister of Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship. And he says, Yesterday, in the public interest, I issued a temporary resident visa to a foreign national with a history of petty criminality, both in Canada and abroad. So, assuming that you're blaming Santa for B&Es. The individual was a religious figure of Greek descent and considered nonviolent. Please remain vigilant during this period. And then somebody said, like, who are you talking about? And he said, you better watch out. I'm telling you why. And it's it was just a really bad joke. <laughs> it's terrible. The, the Trudeau government is purposely crapping all over our traditions, I guess, in, in the worst way possible. And it's a bad joke. Bad joke is underselling it, but bad joke. This guy says this is kind of what the Trudeau government, um, on the 12th day of Christmas, the Trudeau government gave to me. Uh, record high inflation, the most expensive housing to date, free drugs for all, celeb photo ops, Taylor Swift, more federal debt, more tax hikes, record food bank use, slush fund corruption, fewer rights for hunters, carbon tax on farmers, soft on crime policies, and a foreign interference in a pear tree. Right? So yikes, yikes, it's terrible. And yeah, the pride is more important to Canada than our traditions. The other day on Christmas, uh, on Christmas Table Talks, <laughs> I should have named it that, that would have been better. Um, Kitchen Table Talks, I was talking about how the bastardization of our traditions and the watering down of it. Maybe I was talking about it on the show as well. But when you take our traditions and you, you um, kind of do them, but turn them to a woke ideology or use them to move forward the narrative, then you've, you've taken the tradition and turned it into something else. Like it no longer is the tradition we remember. It is a, a new tradition with new expectations. And that's, I mean, they're, they're trying to get rid of Christmas. They're, they're even trying to get rid of snow. It's wild. It's absolutely incredible. So here is what's going on in 
Dubai, I think this is in Dubai, they have a huge drone show with a, a gigantic Santa walking through the streets. So there, Christmas used to be about the birth of Christ. Now it's about Santa. So I, there, there's a difference. We've already gone, you know, one order of magnitude difference, right? And people, I don't know if people are returning to religion or whatever, the, the corporatization of Christmas bothers, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people. But uh just noting that, you know, it used to be about one thing, and now it's about something that's different. Anyway, here's the giant Santa drone show thing. Here we go. You better watch out. You better not cry. Better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. It's kind of, he's, he's kind of like twerking there. I don't know. It's a little weird. I don't know about that. I don't know if that's like... Look, Dubai is doing it right, right? No, no, no. But they're doing at least something where Justin Trudeau doing nothing. Danielle Smith, what's the best Christmas movie of all time? She asks the Twitterverse. And two options were given, Home Alone or Die Hard. I voted Home Alone as we were watching Home Alone at the time. And Home Alone won 54%, 52% when I voted, 54%, 10,000 votes. So die, is Die Hard more of a Christmas or the best Christmas movie of all time? Or is Home Alone? Um, ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. I was thinking about the logistics of throwing a paint can the way where Kevin is. I mean, if you, <laughs> I'm not going to do a diagram. But if you, if you think about it, where Kevin was throwing the cans would not, it would have made more sense for the guys to, be, to have been walking through the house from like the kitchen towards the bottom of the stairs to then get the can in the face from where Kevin was throwing them rather than where like coming up the stairs because it's like the the third floor is an attic with the stair access through a man door, right? Like he couldn't get above the stairs. Never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Forget about it. The logistics of Home Alone. I mean, honestly, the first time I got shot in the groin by a pellet gun is the last time I would try and break into the house. What are these guys thinking? Anyway, I digress. Andy Lee, this is a bit of sad news. Um, Andy Lee says, just over a year ago, Sheila Lewis messaged me to say Merry Christmas. She died on August 24th after being removed from a transplant list for refusing to receive COVID-19 vaccines and losing two court battles. She had her routine immunizations. Merry Christmas, Sheila. Rest in peace. And uh, I mean, right? How awful of a country do we have to be for that to, to be true, right? And just, and and we don't even we're not even unified around we need to fix this problem. The problem we're trying to fix is Ukraine, Slava Ukraine. The problem we're trying to fix is Gaza. Is that going to get fixed? Yeah, you protest harder at the Eaton Center, you nut jobs. Um, is that going to get fixed? Come on, right? So we're, we are being distracted actively by people who are usurping all of our institutions for themselves. Here's Donald Trump, and this is his Christmas message. He says before... He says, may 2024 be the best year of our lives. And he's saying America, the United States will be well on its way to being made great again by next Christmas. I don't know what he's talking about, but Donald Trump, man, here we go. Melania and I would like to wish everyone a happy, joyous and wonderful Christmas season. In this holy time of year, Christians everywhere give thanks that over 2000 years ago, God sent his only son into the world to be the savior of all mankind. The birth of Jesus Christ is the true miracle we celebrate each Christmas. He is the ultimate source of our joy, our hope, and our sense of peace and goodwill as we gather with family and loved ones. It is such a great time of the year. This is why we can never stop saying that beautiful phrase, Merry Christmas. This holiday, we give thanks for many blessings God has bestowed upon us.
We pray for the safety of our men and women in uniform at home and abroad. And we ask God to guide us, give us strength, and watch over us in this pivotal year ahead. With His help, by this time next year, we will be well on our way to making America safer, stronger, greater, and more prosperous than ever before. Once again, Melania and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. God bless you all. May 2024 be the best year of our lives. There you go. So Donald Trump's Christmas message. Very interesting. Here's Laura Loomer, and she says, Watch President Trump's campaign just released this new TV ad called A Christmas to Remember. It's narrated by Sarah Huckabee from a speech she gave at President Trump's recent rally in Florida, where she endorsed him for president. She's a governor now, uh, Sarah Huckabee is. Um, and she says the ad is about how Trump visited the troops on in Iraq on Christmas Day. I remember reporting on this when he did this. Like, this is not... A t- what a typical president does. But you would imagine that it's what a typical president should do. Anyway, here we go. It was Chris- Christmas Day. We boarded Air Force One in complete and total darkness in the pitch black of night. We landed in war-torn Western Iraq. No lights on the runway. There were hundreds of troops packed into a dining hall. They had absolutely no idea that the president and first lady were about to walk into that room. And when they did, it was a sight and a sound and a scene that I hope I never forget. That room absolutely erupted. That was the kind of patriotism President Trump brought back to our country. One of the young soldiers yelled from the back of the room, Mr. President, I re-enlisted in the military because of you. And without missing a beat, the president said, and son, I am here because of you. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. That's a good, that's a good message. That's a powerful ad, right? Christmas Day, and it's doing something, well, doing something patriotic, something you don't see every day these days, right? The Post Millennial says, Woke Magazine Christianity Today claims Jesus Christ was Asian on Christmas Eve. right so that's i mean that's happening those are all of these things these crazy things are happening and will continue to happen even on christmas day um and it's wild it's wild so i hope you've so far had a merry christmas and i hope you continue to have a merry christmas and turkeys and hams and and all the rest and family and making merry um Oh, here's Justin Trudeau's Christmas message. We're not going to listen to it. Don't worry, I'm not interested. Here's Justin Trudeau's voter base. Here's a meme. I thought this was hilarious. I thought this was wonderful. You've got Al-Qaeda, Hamas, ISIS, and Hezbollah, and they say, vote for Justin Trudeau. And and then in the center of all of those people, you've got Justin Trudeau. And the art is fantastic. That's wonderful. I mean, I wonder if somebody put that up in a frame for Justin Trudeau. I'm sure that like he could name each one of those guys, right? Like, here is Bill, and he says, flying out of Tucson, Arizona airport tonight, and the terminal is full of illegal immigrants released into the United States with their DHS paperwork. Airport personnel are directing them into specific immigration lines at security while all other passengers go through regular lines. I likely saw some of these people crossing illegally in Lukeville this week. So we've seen different editors speak up about these immigration lines, these these people who are... Um, illegally crossing the border and being dispersed across the United States by plane, they don't have, all all they have to do is uh, show minimal paperwork and they can travel, not even a ticket. And it's wild. National Post is reporting on this. It cancels out every liberal housing promise and then some. Canada's biggest immigration surge in 70 years. We're going to be increasing immigration next year because 
Justin Trudeau is hell-bent on destroying the country. Hell-bent, Justin Trudeau's handlers are hell-bent on destroying the country. There we go. Here is a Justin Trudeau interview talking about um, immigration and immigration numbers. And Justin Trudeau says, yeah, we're going to increase immigration because, you know, now's the time to keep fighting or something. Here we go. The efforts as well, uh, 3.5 million homes. Uh... Sorry, as well, the, the audio on this is only coming out of the right side. I can hear it in, like it's happening as well. I can, I can visually see that one side is dead. It's not your audio or anything like that. It's just a problem with their the video so apologies like not my video this video so apologies about that here we go I need to be built by 2030 according to the CMHC this is kind of a drop in the bucket but moving on uh, your own government is trying to boost immigration levels to even further record levels at a time where we are dealing with this housing crisis could this just compound the problem Let's be very careful about how we talk about immigration because there's a number of different pieces in that I think it's really important for people to understand. First of all, yes, we're increasing our immigration levels up to uh, close to half a million people because we need to be bringing people into this country to continue uh, to create the incredible diversity and economic success that uh, immigrants bring. There are three categories outside of that that have seen a massive spike over the past years. One is irregular asylum seekers, and on that uh, we have to make sure by that he means illegal border crossers. We're working with international partners to make sure that the people who arrive here irregularly um, you know, illegally reduce in numbers. The second part is international students. Over the past two years we've seen hundreds of thousands more international students than ever before, some of them showing up uh, to places that aren't real schools of education and with terrible consequences for them, but also almost all of them showing up and having to find their own housing. And that puts pressure on communities around everywhere. So what we've actually done is demanded that if the federal government is going to approve international students coming in. The educational institutions need to make sure they're doing their job to make sure there's housing available for those international students. And the third area uh, is temporary workers, that we need to grow the economy. But if a company needs to bring in a temporary worker uh, to, uh, to, to do a job that Canadians can't or won't do, they have to be more responsible for finding, finding housing. So I don't like the fact that people are setting immigration against housing because that's not the full story, but there are specific problems that have... Honestly, the liberals do not want to solve an issue. And if they get nailed down on an issue, they start trying to split it up to not talk about the issue and then claim that people are talking about disinformation. Give me a break. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy talking about Justin Trudeau, and I, I think he's correct in a minute and a half. Here we go. You mentioned Trudeau in your remarks. You ah, sorry, it's too fast. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, let's try that. You mentioned Trudeau in your remarks. You mentioned him again now. What do you make of the man? Uh, uh, he's been in, in power for eight years now, even yeah. though he has a minority government, he's got a coalition. Uh, is he a cautionary tale for Americans? I, I don't think Americans follow Canadian politics too closely. What? What should an American know about Justin Trudeau? This is a preview of coming attractions. I use that sarcastically, unless we course correct here. He's like a Klaus Schwab Jr., sort of a Klaus Schwab disciple. And I think that he is somebody who is a useful puppet. I mean, it's not that this guy is some sort of shining intellect that is somehow a visionary in his own right. He's not. He's a pawn for a managerial class 
both within and outside of Canada that uses people like him as a pawn to advance a you know, transnational globalist agenda that has a single hegemonic view that is fundamentally skeptical of self-governance, does not believe in people's ability to govern themselves, believes in a worldview where people need to be told what the right way is or isn't to live by a small group of aristocratic elites in the back of palace halls. That was the old world European view. It's what's alive and well in Canada, unfortunately, today. And the idea that Trudeau's actually the guy calling the shots is a joke. He's just a puppet, a pawn, for that deeper, what I would call, permanent state. And I think that much similar to the United States, I think that that's a big part of what you're seeing happening in Canada now. Right? So, yeah. I mean, it, at least other you people mentioned... see it, right? I have a dude in my garage, and sometimes I say, if I know that, then these guys know that. Vivek Ramaswamy there confirms it. Absolutely, 100%. Wiretap Media says, in his delusional interview with Global News, Justin Trudeau discloses his plan to double down on his criminal activity. So... You know Canadians hate you, right? And he says, yep, time to double down. Here you go. Your polls would indicate that you're not heading for a better year. Seven out of 10 Canadians want you to step down. There was a recent poll saying that Christopher Freeland and Mark Carney were both more popular choices than you to lead the Liberal Party. Why do you think Canadians are so frustrated with you? Well, I think, first of all, it's a really frustrating time, full stop. There is so much going on around the world. There's so much impacting us here at home. There's so many challenges people are facing in their daily lives, from groceries to, to rent, that, um, yeah, there's a lot of frustration. But we have been working incredibly hard to deliver for Canadians in really concrete ways. And to my mind, this is exactly not the time to be slowing down or to stop fighting for people. We have been focused on delivering for Canadians for eight years now, and the context we're in right now where progress has become so fragile because of global and large macro events is the time to be doubling down and rolling up our sleeves, and that's what I'm here for. Blaming global and macro events is a nonsense cop-out. He's the one who's causing the, the inflation. He's the one who's causing the division. He's the one who's causing a lot of the problems and not addressing them instead. saying we're going to build houses while not addressing any other issues. Wild stuff, man. Absolutely incredible. Joe says protesters plunge Toronto's Eaton Center Mall into chaos as a very special Merry Christmas to Canadians. I hope all who celebrate tomorrow have a day of peace and love filled with joy, surrounded by family and friends. It's the best way to counter this hatred. And so... Yesterday, I showed you that there was a heavy police presence. Presence. I said I messed it up the same way yesterday too. Um, anyway, heavy police presence in the Eaton Center to prevent protesters from getting in, and the protesters pushed past these police officers and got in. And so that happened yesterday during like the last shopping day before Christmas. And it's just interesting that they're targeting Christmas. Right here we go. <laughs> whole bunch of police officers running up the stairs. Um, pretty wild stuff. Just incredible that these kind of protests are allowed to continue. And it's not happening, allowed to continue. It's not just happening in Canada. Um, a lot of people are comparing the pro-Palestinian protests to the Freedom Convoy and saying the pro-Palestinian protests are more violent. They're, they're calling for violence much more. They're doing all these things that the Freedom Convoy was accused of but never did. And they're not being dealt with by law. And the difference is the pro-Palestinian pro thing works to further the narrative of the 
um, what was it, Con colonial conquest, you know, um, the, the people who are showing up and taking over, it works to propagate this idea that, that there's instability there and that people should fight for their homelands and all the rest of it. And so they're going to be allowed to continue doing all sorts of disruptive things and people are going to completely ignore it. And the only reason that the Freedom Convoy was cracked down on is because it genuinely threatened the actual power structure. That's the only reason. When you start to get close, then they start to attack you. Then they start to censor you. Then they start to do all sorts of things to undermine your undermine your ability to operate effectively in a in a way to counter them. Right? If you if you start to gain power, if you start to gain influence, then they will undermine you by dismantling your credibility in whatever way they possibly can. Right? So I mean, it's a very interesting situation. But these guys, they're allowed to continue and. Uh, Chicago, pro-Palestinian protesters block highway entrance and entrance to Chicago O'Hare International Airport. Everybody got really upset about this. They were saying these pro-Palestinians, they're the bad guys. They're the evil guys, right? We need to um, we need to lose our minds on these guys. James Woods was talking about how, you know, how upset would you be if you were not able to attend Christmas because you missed your flight because you were caught up in this traffic jam by these idiots, right? And yeah, like it's an effective protest. These guys are obviously coordinated to attack Christmas and the ability for people to get where they need to go and so on and so forth. Um, and it, it's, it's really, really interesting how I think it's being used to drive the wedge, further drive the wedge, to, to get Westerners further disliking Palestinians and to get them on board with Israel and to finish this whole Gaza thing for the canal thing and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think that it's manipulative. I think that it's done on purpose. It's just like the Black Lives Matter thing. It's just like the pussy hat thing. It's just like all the latest thing. And it's being manipulated and funded, pushed by people with money. Uh, Mona, Mo Mania <laughs> says, this is unfair. When the truck convoy occupied Ottawa in 2022 with horns beyond acceptable decibel ranges, I thought it was 21. Maybe it was 22. Um, with horns beyond acceptable de decibel ranges, lol, they were left unbothered for weeks. Why is why this complicity from the city of Ottawa in silencing peaceful protesters? Palestinians and allies have been protesting for 11 weeks straight, says Sam, in Ottawa, and not once had issues when it came to noise. But yesterday, Ottawa police and Ottawa bylaw issued three separate tickets citing the noise bylaw for $490. So each one is 490 bucks. The, the process is the punishment, though. Here's a guy who was arrested for not showing his ID and... This whole thing has now been d dismissed. Don't have to show him anything. It's against the law. He doesn't. For what? Hey. What are you doing? Hey. Hey. That's assault. So, right? This whole, this whole thing is now thrown out, but him having to defend himself cost money for this whole interaction, which is just, again, shameful. Shameful that this happened in Canada. Randy Hillier says, this illustrates how dangerous the Canadian legal machine has become. After a year and a half in court and tens of thousands of dollars in legal costs, the Crown withdrew the criminal charges against 78-year-old Jerry Charlebois. So that's pretty pretty wild stuff to have happen, right? Like not great, 
Not great, if you ask me. Here's Bill Ackman, and this is about speech. And he says, I've heard from a source that is reliable, but a step or two removed from the situation that the Harvard Corporation has asked President Gay to resign, and she has refused. Gay has apparently said that if she is fired, she will sue. Gay has retained her own counsel. I can't 100% confirm the above is true, but if it is, I'm sure the board is concerned about what may emerge in legal discovery in the event of litigation. At this point, however, what choice does the board have? If the board makes an inappropriate deal on on severance or gives gay guaranteed position at Harvard, it will look like a payoff to keep her quiet. I can't see how she stays at Harvard in any capacity. President Gay's performance and her academic record issue provides that's uh, um, uh, she's plagiarizing, right? She's plagiarizing the things. So like I like how they're kind of sanitizing it by calling it an academic record issue. Provide plenty of cause for termination without compensation. But at every step so far, the board has made the wrong call and dug a deeper hole for themselves and Harvard. As we all know, the best time to start making good decisions is now. The sooner Gay is gone, the sooner repairing the damage can begin. Yeah, so she's just making a bigger problem and so is the board. Uh, but it's interesting, right? Plagiar- plagiarism, if, if I released um, you know, um, Oliver Anthony's song and said it was my song or whatever, that's plagiarism, right? Like you can't just claim something as your own. Why can the president of Harvard, right? So presumably you, I would see success with Oliver Anthony's song, but like the president of Harvard is allowed to um, plagiarize without any kind of consequences, it seems. Like people are raising their eyebrows at this to say the least. So that's happening. Here's Neil Oliver. I guess this should have gone with the Christmas stuff, but um, he says, what happens next might be the very best thing. Who knows? Schrodinger's New Year. Merry, ha- Merry Christmas. Um, so, you know, who, kn- who knows what's coming next? Maybe it's going to be great, right? Maybe it's going to be great. Maybe it's going to be terrible. <laughs> maybe 2024 is going to be even worse. But maybe after that, it's going to be great. <laughs> Scott Moe, let's talk about money. Scott Moe says, Ottawa's wishful thinking on climate led to current economic woes. Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe blames the federal government's climate policies for plunging Canada or Canadians into rising inflation rates unaffordably. In a year-end interview with Brian Zed, Zed from for energy-focused outlet Pipeline Online, Moe accused the federal liberals of being out of touch with reality and took a swing at the carbon tax specifically for accelerating inflation. You can ignore reality for a period of time, and we see our federal government do that in many of their decisions. You can't ignore the consequences of reality, and we're seeing them... We're seeing that with much of the inflation that we're experiencing as individuals and families. We fuel up our vehicle when we go to the grocery store and when we go to the hardware store, it all can be tracked back largely to an increase in the cost of fuel, which was designed in the policy by this federal government, Mo told the outlet. The carbon tax is pushing up the inflationary aspects of life that families and households are facing across this nation, thereby pushing up our interest rates. The Saskatchewan Premier also called the Liberal government out on the proposed clean energy regulations, which will require the province to have an emission-free grid by the year 2035. Even if we desperately wanted to, it still isn't going to happen by 2035. It'll cost $18 billion more, and it isn't possible. You won't get there, said Mo. <laughs> Not possible. It's fantasy. So that's interesting, right? Danielle Smith is, is pointing this out. Adam P. also thinks the whole policy is impossible, and he outlines that in National Post. And Danielle Smith says, the problem... The problem that is now clear as day for anyone who bothers to look is that the mandates and regulations are being driven by politicians who refuse to acknowledge reality. And yeah, yep, that's absolutely true, right? And here's part of this article from the National Post. The Canadian government announced earlier this week that capitalism was no longer of any interest to it. Stephen Gelbo, the enlightened minister of environment, has decreed that by 2035, internal internal combustion engines, ICE, vehicles must be phased out in favor of electric vehicles, EVs. The... Uh, this dirigist move 
<laughs> flies straight in the face of the principles of a market economy that enable the technology required for the energy transition that will no doubt be rife with unforeseen consequences. By now, most sensible people recognize that emission reduction is a good, desirable, and laudable goal. Only if they believe the, the whole climate change psyop. If everybody understood that climate change was bullshit and the whole reason we don't have snow is because they're spraying crap in the sky, if everybody understood that, they're manufacturing this, if everybody got that, they would not they would not put a dime into this nonsense policy. They would not say this is a laudable goal. They think it's a laudable goal because they've been told by the lying mainstream media that if you don't believe in this, you're dooming your grandchildren to death. And it's unbelievably false and incorrect. These people are liars and they damn well know it. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure that we all understood. I disagree with that statement. <laughs> the problem that is now clear as day for anyone, back to the article, who bothers to look is that the mandates and regulations are being driven by politicians who refuse to acknowledge reality. So let's take a walk down Reality Avenue and the obvious problems the 2035 mandate has. Ah, see, the problem's 2035, not the whole thing itself right? The whole thing itself is the problem, actually. Anyway, EVs are expensive for consumers and lose car manufacturers money. Currently, like if you had a business and every customer you have to pay $10,000 for, you don't have a business, you're a sucker. <laughs> anyway, um, currently most electric versions of cars run consumers $10,000 to $15,000 more than their counterparts in an inflationary environment with a stuttering economy and stagnant salaries the government is now demanding canadians spend more of their hard-earned money on evs fine you might say costs will come down eventually and so will prices not so fast in the latest quarter ford revealed that it lost thirty six thousand dollars per electric vehicle delivered it delivered thirty six thousand dollars thirty six thousand in the standard in the stated quarter thus losing a whopping 1.3 billion dollars in three months we're a long way from lower prices and financial viability either for consumers or companies. If it's not financially viable for a company to deliver a product, then they're not going to deliver the product. It's that, so they're going to go bankrupt. There's no money left. I'm sorry, we've run out of money to give you for buying our product. If car dealers hadn't started buying up land on the U.S. border, they soon, they soon will as Canadians nip into the U.S. to get gas. Um, Canada Car Canada refuses to sell them. Gas cars, Canada refuses to sell them. EVs require a huge amount of electrical capacity we simply don't have. In British Columbia, we've been working for decades to build a new large hydro dam called Site C. This new dam will produce electricity that could power the equivalent of 1.7 million vehicles. Not bad, you might say, and you might be right, except that BC currently is nearly 4 million registered vehicles. So at minimum, just in BC, electrification will require two more massive Site C type dams. Currently, Site C has run over budget with an estimated completion cost of $16 billion. Given the near impossibility of getting large infrastructure built in Canada, where exactly does Minister Gelbo think the electricity is coming, going to come from and at what cost to the taxpayer? EVs require hum, huge amounts of metal. In particular, EVs require lots of copper. Current EVs require at minimum three times more copper than a gas-powered car. Projections vary, but just supplying EVs with the copper they need could easily consume 20% of total world copper production. Expect or accept that production doesn't exist. Indeed, if we expand our thoughts to consider that electrification will happen in more than just EVs, estimates are that we will need to mine 700 million metric tons of copper between now and 2045. This is as much copper as has been mined in all of human history. A copper mine can easily take 10 years to find and permit, and the likely timeline to, is closer to 15 years. Saying we need 700 megatons of copper by 2045 is like saying you'd like to renovate your kitchen, but want it done by this afternoon. Yet governments drag their feet on permits 
uh, permitting mines and slow the process because it requires digging a big hole in the ground and that doesn't exactly fit with the green agenda being rammed down our throats right so that's interesting right it's not uh, the whole thing's not going to happen it's, it's definitely not going to happen there are too many barriers there are too many barriers there are too many problems with the cars there are too many barriers to actually getting people moved over to the technology it's not going to happen Dar darshan maharaja says this is a work um, number so um, michael Mikkel says canada has a 0.6 job vacancy for every job seeker in October 2023. And Darshan says this translates to 67% more job seekers than jobs available. But we have a labor shortage, so we must bring in a million people from overseas. Interesting, right? So Trudeau is making the claim that we have to do this because Canada needs the people. And the reality is very, very different. I think very, very different indeed. Um, here is Yahoo Finance says Kansas pulls COVID vaccine ads from TV after lawmakers object to calling them safe and effective. So there's a legal battle over the branding of safe and effective. Yeah, that's pretty misleading. It's like the smart water thing, calling calling something safe and effective when it is not safe and effective. That's a problem, right? Here's, um, oh, I, I didn't classify this one. Hold on a second. Well, this is just interesting Russia news. The other day I was talking about how um, it was reported that a Russian plane carrying the Russian foreign minister or military, Lavrov, uh, showed up in Washington for, for high-level meetings and then went to New York. And Donald Best is confirming that this did happen and it wasn't a fever dream of mine. He says, I, Donald Best, confirm Russian diplomatic aircraft, and he gives the aircraft number, arrived in Washington, D.C. on December 20th, 2023, then New York, JFK on December 22nd, then left for Russia on the 23rd, just as Hal Turner claims. Turner further says, quote, put bluntly, the Ukraine war is over and Ukraine lost completely. They can no longer defend themselves in any meaningful way. If hostilities are not halted, Ukraine will simply be slaughtered. And believe it or not, Russia doesn't want to do that. Notice this, inform isn't, this information isn't anywhere in the mass media news. Notice Washington Post stopped printing its Ukraine war update section. No reporting that Ukraine has lost and not a word about Russia's victory. This personifies what the so-called mainstream media has become a mouthpiece for government the mass media acts as a stenographer for what government wants you to know stenographer for what the government wants you to know the they report the narrative as opposed to the news 100 that's 100 true uh editorial opinion so this is donald's opinion here he says russia won against billions of dollars of the best equipment and nato trained troops i mean that's laughable right you're kidding but okay um, like the lazy guys who are competing to go get the, to do the Tim Hortons run, like those troops, those NATO trained troops, I'm sure they have great snipers, right? I'm sure they're really good in certain competitions and stuff, but like, it seems, it seems kind of lazy. Like if I was putting money on Russia's army or NATO's army, and I was looking at the commercials, not even understanding both, both sets of commercials. Like, let's say I looked at the UN's collective commercials from Europe. So I didn't understand what was being said. If I just looked at the commercials from Russia about their military and Europe collectively about their military, and you could even include the US, but the US military branding is about as good as Canadian military branding at this point in time, which is to say laughable. So it's terrible. And so I would put money on Russia. I'm sorry, I just would. I think I did at the beginning. I said, well, this isn't going to go well for Ukraine, obviously. Peace is ideal here negotiate peace everyone right anyway um <laughs> russia russia's military hold on i don't know where i am uh, nato advisors right so uh 
It got exactly the farmland it wanted. It lost 30,000 troops and killed 300,000 Ukrainian soldiers plus NATO advisors. Russia's military industrial capacity has tripled. NATO's reserve equipment and arms is non-existent now. The 20% of Ukraine they conquered are Russian and Russian-speaking. So not only do those people not hate Russia, they support them. Energy prices have tripled in Europe. And as things stand now, Europe is on the verge of an economic collapse. NATO and the U.S. have been proven to be a paper tiger. So many people in the West, in its media, and in its government thought that Ukraine was a one counteroffensive away from victory. It was all lies, deliberate lies. One wonders how all those folks are going to deal with Ukraine's defeat. I was saying on the Kitchen Table Talks how I don't know how Christia Freeland and Justin Trudeau and all of the all of those people walk back the we're we're with Ukraine to the end. Any money that it takes, all the money that it takes, you know, whatever it takes. We they lost. I mean, like, how does how does Trudeau walk that back? This was. Trump singing uh, maybe the same song. I can't remember what he was singing here. Hold on a second. Just more festive Christmas. If you want to watch it, have have a check of the uh, links. MC, he's a guy from the panel and he's doing his own show. He's got a show on Rumble. And um, he. this is really funny. So this is his first episode and it's episode one and it made me laugh. It's all about made. And uh, so good job, MC. Well done. And you should check it out if you're interested in a patriotic Canadian uh, who's very mysterious, very, very mysterious. And here's the Tucker Carlson thing with Kevin Spacey. The Tucker Carlson, Kevin Spacey thing is weird as all get out, but other people are saying, hold on, take a 5D chess look at this whole thing. But people are are, are saying this is weird. Let's go through it. Here's John. He says, what the heck is Tucker giggling with a known sexual ple- predator? Why is he giving Kevin Spacey the time of day? And the post-millennial cut this minute out of this whole thing. Do you watch Netflix anymore? Frank Underwood, Kevin Spacey, probably as much as you watch Fox. This is, I mean, it's pretty funny. Here we go, seven minutes. Here we go. By the way, do you watch Netflix anymore? Probably as much as you watch Fox. Fair. <laughs> so that doesn't mean that you're gone, though, from Netflix. I don't, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but every time a person pulls up the Netflix app, you're there in some way. Have you seen this? Yes, you know what that is? Boom, boom. So it is bizarre that they decided to publicly cut ties with me on allegations alone, allegations that have now been proven false, because I don't think there's any question. Netflix exists because of me. I put them on the map and they tried to put me in the ground. So uh, this is the Frank Underwood character. And right after Christmas, a few years ago, he did a weird, it was a weird, weird thing. Hold on, I'll just pull it up. Hold on a second here. This is right after, this is, this, this is in the thick of the Q post. This is a, right after there were allegations against Kevin Spacey for inappropriately sexually, you know, being with young men. Um, or boys from productions, et cetera, et cetera, all who, all of which have mysteriously died, by the way. Um, I think all, I think all. And so he puts this out after his character died in in the House of Cards show that was on Netflix that he put on the map because of House of Cards. So he puts this out on 2018, Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, 2018. I know what you want. Oh, sure, they may have tried to separate us, but what we have is too strong, it's too powerful. I mean, after all, we shared everything, you and I. I told you my deepest, darkest secrets. 
I showed you exactly what people are capable of. I shocked you with my honesty, but mostly I challenged you and made you think. And you trusted me, even though you knew you shouldn't. So he puts this out, and it's a whole basically taking the character from reviving the character dead from the Netflix show and making it his own. Then he releases this interview with Tucker Carlson today, yesterday. Um, Zoomer says the Tucker, Tucker and Kevin Spacey thing was just a reminder that Tucker has controlled opposition with his CIA father. Maybe, maybe. Here is um, Joan, Joe Rambo, and he's a Q guy. And he says, please, for the love of God, watch both of these clips back to back. I am, in his opinion, this was not a joke. This was not trolling. This was overacting 117% on purpose. 17 holds a special relevance as well. Uh, they're pointing you at house of cards tucker and x are the bastions of free speech right now all eyes are on and uh, so this house of cards um clip do i have it here here this is talking about corruption so at this point in time from house of cards the president frank underwood is charged with breaking the rules and corruption and he shows up and this is what he does and people are saying that this is well i mean joe rambo is saying that you need to look at you need to look at this with a different different eye right you need to look at this in a different way um oh he says uh, they're pointing the house of, house of cards tucker and actually the bastion of free speech all eyes are on and then this what makes a great movie watch the next clip you've just been told right to your face that you're watching a movie based on fear pure and utter honesty through a show clear as day if you have the eyes to see i don't know maybe here's the um house of cards clip we're not going to watch all of it just the part where he accuses everybody of corruption and i mean it's it's high production value you know like here we go and affirm that the testimony you are about to give is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? I do. Let the record reflect that the witness has answered in the affirmative. Mr. President, I want to thank you for appearing, and I hope we get to clear some things up for the American people. Mr. President, the floor is yours. You can take as long or as short as you like. If you have any written statement, we will include it after, and it will be part of the record. Mr. President, you are recognized. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and to the other members of this committee. I have agreed to appear before this committee today because I'm guilty. <laughs> guilty of having spent the last 30 years of my life here in this Congress, in this House, then as vice president and now as president, trying to do the people's work. Now, this committee has accused me of a great number of things. You accused me of pay to play. And so I accuse you of exactly the same. I also accuse you of playing politics only when it suits you. You're all being paid. You're all serving some master, each and every one of you, and you know I know that for a fact. You, for example, Congressman Romero, and your crusade to take me down. Is it for justice? For the good of the nation? Is the truth what you're really after? Or is it for some personal gain, perhaps to try to fill the 
small hole in your soul that you sold off a long time ago. Mr. President! No, no, no. This is my opening statement, and I will give it in full. We'll leave it there. But some people are saying there's more to this than meets the eye. And the boom, boom thing... I don't know. That was a that was a big. Uh, people were talking about booms. Amazing Polly talks about booms all the time. It's an interesting little call out with Kevin Spacey talking about boom boom. That's weird. It's a little weird. There's all sorts of weird stuff going on. Niger's kicked France out. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with this Kevin Spacey thing. I don't know if there's anything other than Tucker showing us that he's part of like joking around with Kevin Spacey and he's he's down with it. I don't know. Or talk, like in the interview, in the seven minute interview thing, um, Frank Underwood offers or, or suggests Tucker as a vice president and Tucker laughs. There's a lot of uh, undertone. There's a lot of undercurrent. If inside jokes, right? People were talking about Tucker as a vice president for Trump. Uh, Tucker showed up at UFC with Trump. There's all sorts of there's all sorts of weird things. And having Frank Underwood in character, Kevin Spacey, Frank Underwood, do this with Tucker is, really came out of left field. There were a whole lot of people who were like, what the? But is this all part of the show? It seems like it's all part of the show. <laughs> so there's that. We'll move on. We've just got a couple of more things to go. Uh, Jack says, the end of imperialism for the first time the French were defeated by Niger. The French military has removed all equipment from Niger. Soon the last soldiers will be withdrawn. It's noteworthy that Paris closed all its diplomatic missions in the African Republic. So that's interesting, right? I've been telling you about that for a while. And I said, you know, who knows where it's going to go? And where it's going to go is uh, the French have been kicked out. So interesting. It's interesting. I think it'll have an impact. Uh, the U.S., has i was talking at the beginning about how the lgbt is a new woke religion and it is and william says the department of defense pride event last week this is from june um gets more bizarre with scrutiny and he talks about how this um this lieutenant um lg l ltg bert openly admits she lets supposed concern over anti-lgbtq law, laws in a state about healthcare dictate personnel choices even if it means choosing a less qualified officer um, she considered the range of euphemisms um hold on he's talking about the euphemisms used in her speech so i didn't play the speech but it's right out of he's saying it's right out of the um, radical gender ideology playbook and then he continues to say this this has to be a hatch act violation at De department of defense at a department of defense event a uniformed officer opines on laws passed by duly elected state legislatures not that i expect law enforcement action uh, we're at a dark place when the generals start weighing in on state laws to protect children what are the implications of national security concerns what does ltg bert want space force department of defense to do about this the service-wide recruiting crisis reveals a fundamental distrust between civilians and our military. If the Department of Defense aligns themselves with the progressive social agenda, we will cross a chasm into legitimate social breakdown. And yeah, I think that I think that that's the point. That's the whole point for trying to replace this relatively stable and predictable uh, religion with one they control to destabilize and to give them more control, um, order out of chaos. This is. 
This was something I was going to cover, but I didn't. Um, so I'm just going to leave it if you want to look at it. This was funny, uh, but I don't have time. I've got to go. Um, and this is interesting. Real Fishing Life says, Merry Christmas, Freedom Fighters. Heavy weather engineering operation ongoing at the, at the moment over the United States. Full video is now on Rumble and on YouTube. So this guy does weather stuff. He's, he talks about how there's weather modification. And I think he brings receipts. I think that his stuff is very plausible. Now, again, I'm not a weather guy. I'm not somebody who's well-versed in all of this. But listening to what he's saying, I think he puts together a pretty cogent argument talking about weather modification and how it's being used against people in Canada, people in the West. And that's bad. Like, I don't like that. I think that... The, I think that um, any government worth their salt, that would be one of the first things that you would do. Like if, if there's weather modification happening, I want to know about it in real time. Like we are spraying right now. I want a text message. If I'm the premier or if I'm like the mayor, I want a text message. You're, we are spraying above your skies right now. Um, and, and then I want to put an end to it. Like, and then I want to, I want to figure out how much it's happening, who's doing it. And then I want to end the entire industry because what the hell, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they don't necessarily need to spray because they do it from ships. So one of the things that he sa he says in this in this whole thing is he's showing the Gulf of Mexico and he's got three ships in the Gulf of Mexico here, three or four ships, and he's saying they're putting out weather through massive massive um engines and weather machines, basically cloud machines that put out these false clouds that put out these false weather patterns. And as soon as they stop doing these false weather patterns, the regular normal weather pattern will resume. It's just because they keep putting this out there. It costs money to do this. It costs money to bend reality like this. So as soon as it's stopped now, as the mayor of Guelph, not going to happen, by the way, just in case anybody's getting their hopes up, not going to happen. Um, but mayor don't have the power to stop ships in the Gulf of Mexico. I understand that. Neither does the premier. But there are a whole bunch of... Um, airplanes flying above my head that I'm maybe sure the mayor might have something to say about it anyway. And if more people knew about it, more people might have something to say about it. And the premier might have something to say about it too, right? And so it's one of those things where I, I feel like any government that is actually putting their citizens first would put a stop to this nonsense. And anybody who believes climate change blindly and doesn't look into this and propagates it, I think has some responsibility for for us wasting the money we've wasted. Like this is not benign. It's not like, oh, well, we made the world a better place. They're lying and stealing from taxpayers. They're, they have plans to continue our production because our, if we don't produce, they don't make money. So they plan to continue our production, but they want to enslave us more. We have way too much freedom and way too much of our own money. So they want to take more of it. And that's the goal. And like, I'm not down with that. I feel like we could do better. We deserve, as citizens, we deserve better. And leadership should be better. Um, and, and as citizens, we should demand better. So, and where does that leave us? Uh, another Christmas, right? So I hope that you do have a wonderful Christmas. I hope that there's plenty of making merry to still happen. And, uh, have a nice turkey or ham or whatever it is that you celebrate with. And I hope you see your family. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for the support. And have a wonderful, wonderful day.